and welcome to season two of Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. I'm Amanda Salvatore. And I'm Jackie Rayal Bell. And today's guests were Jack and Miles from the Daily Zeitgeist Podcast Guys, one of our favorite podcasts. And their guilty pleasure is the golden era of hip hop. So much fun. So if you'd like to email us and tell us how much fun you've been having listening to this podcast, you can email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram at guiltypleasurepodcast. But more importantly, guys, if you're liking this pod, if you're liking season two, if Amanda and I are bringing light into your lives like we bring light into <laughs> one another's lives, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it. Also, check out our Instagram, like I already said, but we're going to be doing some cool interactive stuff with today's guilty pleasure um, all week so check it out and thanks so much for listening thanks for listening guys Jack and Miles, Thank welcome you. to the Guilty Hi. Pleasure Podcast. Thank We're so you. excited to be here. Which is currently being recorded at your podcast studio. Yes. That's why we're Welcome. excited to be here. Yes. We love it here. We're excited yeah. to not move from our normal <laughs> seats. Yeah, this is a major upgrade from what we're used to, that we love our studio, but this is there's a lot of air conditioning. I'm Thank digging you. it. Well, we are we run hot, the yes. two of us. So we we like to live in ice boxes. Yeah, sure, oh. sure, sure. There's I also some so really much. nice decor all around. I feel very at really? ease. Yeah. yeah. Is it this Reba McIntyre? Just, just so our listeners just Reba so your listeners married? are aware, our table is covered in uh Fidget spinners, a Tide Pod, old cans of mints, and, icebreakers, wintergreen, and a bunch of tabloids. So uh, that is it. the cool decor that <laughs> is being referred to. Honestly, I feel like I'm kind of hanging out with my mom. This is mostly <laughs> the reading what that are I we, did. Billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically what my oh. I mean, we have all the trash <gasps> magazines here. Oh on our podcast. Gosh. We do it. Thing called the Bloyd Watch, Bloyd every Watch. Friday. Yeah, tell us about your podcast. It's called the Daily Zeitgeist. We do it every weekday. Yep. And we run through news and pop culture and just uh, what the Zeitgeist has on its mind. I love uh, it. We've been that... listening. It's super, super fun. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we really enjoy it, which is why we specifically tried to get you on our podcast. Yes, well, yes. Well, yeah. look, we're here. We're spe- specifically excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a fun uh, show. You know, we just try and make news as palatable as possible uh, in a fun way. In a how way long have you laugh. guys been doing it now? Almost a year. October wow. 9th, I think, will be the one-year anniversary. That's right. Not Did to... you remember the anniversary yet? Of course. Miles, <laughs> totally. It's on the calendar. Not Typing, swear to God. Putting it down. Not this. to veer too off course for what our podcast is, but did you guys start the podcast because of the chaos in the world, kind yeah. of? Yeah. 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 It was basically... Uh, I, I don't think the podcast would make sense pre-2016. But, yeah. A uh, lot of things wouldn't make sense pre-2016. <laughs> or 2015, when everything's got hot with the Trump campaign, and then it was just like the news got weirder and weirder every single day. And so uh, I just found myself... I, I Podcasting is probably my favorite form of media, and I found myself wanting a daily podcast that uh, was fun to listen to and talked, like, updated me on the stuff I needed to know, so. So you made it yeah. yourself. So that's what we did. Yeah. yeah. If you can't find it, do it, baby. Uh, exactly. So now to go somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners at home, one, introduce yourselves so they know who's talking, and then tell them what your guilty pleasure is. Okay. I'm Miles Gray, and I'm one half of the Daily Zeitgeist, uh, and that's my voice. This is me now. So- <laughs> From here, for, here, here on out, this is Miles speaking. And this is Jack. Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is how I talk normally. No. Uh, and I, Jack O'Brien, I'm the other half of the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, and what is your guilty pleasure, you guys? Our guilty pleasure is, I guess we called it golden era hip-hop. Yeah, the golden age of hip-hop, yeah. which is a tough 
thing, right? Because there are mm-hmm. many definitions of it. Right. But I think most people agree that it starts around 86, 87 and Ooh. can be anywhere from end in 93 up to 99. Ah. But for our purposes, or at least Jack and I, is the way we were thinking of it, we we're definitely fans from the 80s to 99s. For me specifically, it's probably like 93 to 99 is me like too. my sure. sweet spot. So maybe some people will be like, that's actually the Silver Age right. or the second golden era. <laughs> right. But you know what? It's too nebulous. No one's nailed it down. So I just think of like sample-based hip-hop Yeah. from mostly New York, but also people on the West Coast too. Gangster rap has something to do with it too. You grew up in LA and you're saying mostly on the... I know, but you know what? I had a thing. I'm a LA kid, grew up mm-hmm. here, but... I just uh, I love New York hip hop. It's just like my my shit. And mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Can we curse? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Okay. Please all I'm all sorry. the time. Yes. Okay. The so whole, fucking New York shit is my <laughs> shit. I only fuck with shit from New York, New York, and that's yeah. And I New just, York, New York, big city of dreams. Exactly. That, I, that dog pound song. I'm yeah. a New York City kid. Okay. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, like yeah. you grew up in New York City? I grew up in Queens, oh, yeah. Oh, you people oh, are so okay. cool. Oh, yes. hey. You New York people. Sorry, not to say you people, but uh, I have to tell them about it's that fine. a lot. We, uh, <laughs> do I, do yeah. I call? Do I say that all yeah, the time? And I'm like, why are you always you calling people. out black and Japanese people like this? It's really very, it feels very specific. Uh, um, and how about you? Do, is it is it 93 to 99 yeah, as well? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, first Wu-Tang album, first Nas uh, album. And yeah, The Chronic is probably the first rap album that I got that had the parental advisory sticker oh, on it yeah. before. Ooh. Before that, I had to like listen to all clean music. Mm. And so uh, uh, yeah, The Chronic was probably the first actually good rap album that I ever purchased. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, what The Chronic by Dr. Dre, which was yeah. 92? 92 or 93. So, you know. Yeah. I uh, wanted to clarify, it was, I had a, you, the way you phrased that was, I had to listen to only clean music, yeah. which yeah. implied that your parents were like, you are listening to all of this music. Right. Yes. They just crammed it into my ears. Uh, no, I, I also liked a lot of the stuff that I grew up on. Uh, I like Billy Joel, so I'm a very, uh, very oh. cool person. Uh, no, I like all sorts of music, but uh, I was very passionate about rap music in my early adolescence and when did you teenage s- years. So when did you start listening? What was that, what was that experience? How were you introduced to uh, hip-hop? Um, how was I introduced to hip-hop? Who put you on? Yeah, did somebody like sit you down, put your, you know, like a... I think it was did you have that talk sister. with your dad? <laughs> Like, Listen, so did you have an almost some... famous well, moment? I was, that I was, boom bap shit. I was real into, <laughs> uh, into MC Hammer when he was cool. Who mm-hmm. wasn't with those pants? Oh, so yeah. I wore Ooh. those pants no, you didn't. exclusively you did? for like all of fourth and fifth grade. Yo. <laughs> Just like the big uh, yeah. big balloon pants. I had like harem pants. Yeah, harem pants. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, that they're, they're back now, so you can just bring those back. I own a pair. Do you? I own. I wore them on Wednesday, but they're like hippie harem pants. You know, right? right. It's like, like I'm going to Burning Man harem are pants. They silk? Um, no, they're polyester blend. Okay, they're yeah. a nice scratchy poly <laughs> yeah, blend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just tangentially like rayon adjacent. Exactly, yeah. ten dollars off Amazon. Boom. They're great. They also hit that sweet spot of being like the most comfortable thing mm-hmm. at a time when that was mostly what I cared about. Was mm-hmm. you know. It was in elementary school. I couldn't get those pants back then. I was a huge MC Hammer fan, too. But I could only wear, um, like, gotcha, like, early 90s weightlifter pants mm-hmm. that were, like, super baggy like that. I don't oh, know if you remember, like, yeah, and they the always prints. had a weird print yeah, on them. Like, yes. wildly aggressive, like, pseudo-tropical print on them. Is those, that's not what I'm about? talking about. No, it's, it's... Right, okay. It's, yeah, I wasn't, like, getting the yeah. authentic MC Hammer, like, shiny pants. Hey, I don't know what you had no, access to. Definitely the weightlifter <laughs> awkward pants that... Uh, yeah, they weren't cool, and they had very ugly patterns on them. Yeah. Uh, but I loved them. But they felt like MC Hammer pants. Yeah. yeah. Did and you do the shuffle that he did? I tried. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I did all the time. The typewriter. Is that what it's called? Is that what it's I called? I believe it's called the typewriter. That's yeah. pretty fancy. Mm-hmm. I like it. How did you get exposure to hip-hop? Uh, my dad, probably. So he um, he's black, so that was just kind of music that was around. But he also was a, he's a photographer, so he used to take album cover, like he took like Del the Funky Homo Sapiens album cover photo and like did stuff with NWA. So I I grew up hearing a lot of music and it was weird. The first 
you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have money to buy like whole albums. So whatever my dad bought was pretty much the album I was listening to. So the first album album that like I really heard from that that I remember is probably DOS Effects. Um, yeah. That was like my first time like being like, you shit, like they're talking crazy. <laughs> they're talking like it's nursery rhymes. Bump, stick it, bump, yeah, and I was like, bump, huh? yeah, when you're like seven years old, you're like, yeah, rump a pump pum I'm like, oh, it's no like pork sausages, mom. Like, here I come. Yeah, and I was just like, this is great. Your knee bone's connected to your hip bone. I'm like, whoa, okay. I yeah, get yeah. everything that you're saying. That was the first CD that I owned. Yeah, see, because yeah, back then I was, I was still, I was still young, too young to have like an allowance and buy shit. And even then, once I did, I was only buying singles anyway. Mm, but yeah, yeah. that first DOS FX album was probably the first thing like my dad was like yeah this is kind of cool right gonna listen to this tape um and then from there like i was just always glued to rap and hip-hop and you know as i, and I, I was i'm a musician too so that was always the music i like to play to or you know mess around with at home when i was making beats and stuff did you rap yourself i did i used to man wow okay here we go so i uh <laughs> yes there were a couple moments where i was trying to rap uh first was i'm, I'm half black and i'm half japanese and there was a producer that my mom knew who made a lot of his whole specialty was taking acts in America and taking them to Japan to put out albums. So like he did this with like Eddie Furlong from the Terminator movie mm-hmm. and like Alyssa <laughs> Milano like brought her out there and like these there are a lot of Americans who have who CD singles huge over there yeah who had like yeah. moments where they were singing and so he was like does Miles rap and he's like because he's black and Japanese like that Let's they're, do they're this. gonna fucking be like what the f- this dude is he's he's real on all sides. <laughs> And I tried that, and it was like it felt a little corny. So I was like, I ah, forget that. And then I started rapping with this group called the Element Crew. Uh, who was, was in that crew? It was me, my homie Low Pro, my friend Mike Galliota, rest in peace, and my other friend Shia LaBeouf. And <laughs> no, really? wait, yes, no, wait, yes, wait, yes, sorry. Yes, yes so I used to, yes. So uh, mm-hmm. my wait. one of my really close friends, Mike, he uh, he was on this TV show called The Jersey on the Disney Channel, and back then, like. Uh, even Stevens, Shia was on that show. So from there, like our paths would cross, and like we would just be like, you know, weed smoking teens, and be like, "Yo, you like rap?" And we're like, "Yeah." And then like we just started kind of making beats and stuff, and started rapping. And that was like kind of my like the first time I put shit on like wax or like on yeah. on a track and rapped uh, was with those guys. Our, so, uh, do you want to tell us any of your titles? Oh man, if if you look, oh my god, what's the hold on, what's Oh, one of the one of the really epic ones was called "What Are We About?" Uh, that has me on there. I have a verse with uh, Shia's rap name was Rapi. Uh, play on rapping. It would Rabbi. be. Yeah, it would was... be. You know what? I'm con- I'm glad that he, he's been consistent. Yeah, like, yeah. That he's feels Rabbi. consistent. He's been on brand the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's something else. And uh, yeah, that was that. Players tonight was another one. Nice. It was very like, we gonna hustle, blah, like, and we were like 17 middle class kids. We're not, I mean, the most hustling I did was maybe like sell weed, but you know, that wasn't like- I Who wasn't, hasn't? Like, yeah, I, was yeah, I wasn't say. like, yeah, I wasn't shoveling snow off the curb or anything. Also, like I love how you were like, New York City kids, you're so cool. That is the most LA kid upbringing story I've ever oh, heard. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So not quite as cool as my hip hop origin story of liking MC Hammer. I'm wearing MC <laughs> Hammer pants in third grade, but yeah. uh, Pass- pretty, yeah. it's okay, Miles. Passively- it's an okay <laughs> hip hop origin story. Passively growing up around child celebrities. Right. Yeah, in LA, so, so I know we talked about, um, speaking of, of New York versus LA, I'm, I don't know much Hip hop. Okay. I know, like, I mean, pretty mainstream. Big Billy Joel fan. I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Okay. You guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I that speaks to me. But um, between LA versus New York, what was it about New York that you really dug? But also, like, what are differences other than you know Tupac and Biggie? Because well, like, that's my reference. Yeah. For that. Beat production is probably the biggest difference for me. So. Uh, a lot of West Coast stuff is Dr. Dre, like sort of G-Funk kind of things that took a lot of influence from Parliament, Funkadelic, George Clinton type things. And a lot of like high-pitched synthesizers yeah. was like the West Coast sound, which was cool. But I also grew up hearing a lot of diverse music and growing up playing trumpet. I also really liked jazz and other kinds of music in New York. Had more of a really strong sample-based hip-hop yeah. vibe of like mm-hmm. people like you know DJ Premier, or Q-Tip, whoever, Pete Rock. They were the RZA. yeah the RZA. They were about like really kind of chopping up older like you know like old black music. There was like historical perspective too. Like not to say that 
West Coast was myopic in like what they used, but there was just something that appealed to me of the boom bap, like New York sampling of jazz style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, I guess production wise, that's like one big difference. And then, you know, gangster rap was mostly the West Coast people like, you know, the, the NWAs and Tupacs and, and all that. Uh, and then, but like, I don't know, like New York just had like a grime to it. Yeah, that, I was going to mm-hmm. say grime. That just felt like, yo, you're smoking in a stairwell or something. Right. And I was just like, whoa, yo, Drinking this is. Drinking E&J. Yeah, exactly. Up, bent up in a staircase. Exactly. You know, Wu-Tang see, lyric. listen to this guy over mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I'm uh, quoting lyrics and stuff. Yeah, Shit. so that's, I think that's a different, what other differences do you think, Jack? I mean, you took all the good ones. Uh, so, <laughs> whoops. What? What I mean, you there's also me. there's also kind of more of a laid back feel. I feel like to the West Coast rap, at least for yeah. for in the early days. Um, but yeah, I mean, East Coast was just grimy. It felt like it came from a colder place. Than yeah, West Coast. West Coast feels a little bit warmer. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it felt like yeah. party music too. West Coast stuff felt yeah. a little more like party, like especially with Nate Dogg and things like that. And again, we're drifting into the mid '90s, so you know the hip hop heads like '93 is the cutoff. Right. But like, you know, there's a little more party vibe to it. What happened right. in '93 that everyone's like, no, or they're like, uh I think it's just a general. I think it's like Wu Tang. Yeah. It's like it's 36 Chambers, and then what Midnight Marauders. I think is also '93. Right. Tribe Called Quest. That they're like, and that year had just such a high concentration of great albums yeah. amongst many others. you miss all the Wu-Tang solo albums. You miss, yeah. like, I think Outkast's, uh, Outkast's first album came out in 93, but then you miss, like, their follow-up albums. Like which were, Yeah, AT Aliens and Aquemini, which were all great albums. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's sort of, it's the type of people who argue that LeBron James isn't that good. Uh, you I know, hate that. Like, it's just like they, <laughs> because they're, like, purists, it's sort of a... Classic, classic uh, bias or something. Bias, yeah. Sure. Well, you find that across all fandoms, all different yeah. types of music yeah. fandoms. There's people that like to insert their snob and like to, you know, say things about things and not really, and just just yeah, to be I just to be annoying. It's also, and we come across this a lot, and we mentioned this a lot on our podcast about when we started uh, getting interested into our guilty pleasure. Like, what age right. were mm-hmm. we? What was the climate of whatever we were into? So I think if you're growing up and it's 1993, yeah, you're yeah. gonna have an appreciation for what came before 93, but also you're still going to be open to what happens afterwards. Yeah, because right. we were coming of age that whole time. <laughs> yeah. You're just growing up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is there a specific when you guys think about uh, golden era hip hop? Is there a specific song or maybe a string of lyrics that really resonated with you as a young impressionable youth? Jack. Mm, wow. Putting me on the question. spot like that, huh? I love uh, lyrics. That's why I do. I so just if, while you're marinating on that, Amanda and I aren't big. Uh, we we're not very familiar with hip hop or rap. Oh, so uh, I could just make stuff up. Yeah. You could literally <laughs> make stuff up. And be like, Chilling on the street with a match in my hand, <laughs> <laughs> looking at my mom. Reflect. She's straight from Japan. You know and that, that was MC Miles. Yeah, and that really uh, spoke to my me. first album. Uh, <laughs> you're like it was very specific to my yeah. upbringing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's more albums for me. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, the the consecutive years when uh, All Eyes on Me by Tupac and then Life After Death by Big E came out. Uh, and, you know, Wu, uh, Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, and specifically the Raekwon and Ghostface solo album, uh, Strictly Built for Cuban Links. Like, those those albums really are like the ones that jump out at me as like I had a case logic and like those were like oh, my CD, first, CD three, holder? first three pages and I just like never went deeper than that. Did you keep the booklets in the in the in there too? Oh of course. Yeah. Uh, did you and did you put the C D on just on top of it like that? Or mm-hmm. did you put it behind it so you wouldn't mess up the disc? I think I put it in front. Wait, clarify this for me a little bit. Okay. Are you talking about reading like the lyrics with along like in book? the booklet? Oh no, just the cover so you like had it so you had the album art there yeah. so you could see it. You know it's the CD like... cases we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, no. okay, okay. I'm sorry. The CDs are these things compact discs. Where? Oh, now I know what okay, it is. Okay, so a Japanese inventor at the Sony Corporation <laughs> first right. had the idea for the compact disc. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, we used to put the, you know, you'd pull out of the jewel case, just put the liner notes so you would know what the album was based off, you know. Just, oh, like, I know what you're talking about. Like, in the sleeve the with it. Yeah, you'd put in that the with the CD in your case logic. So, Jackie, the booklet oh, that you put no, in no, your no, car. No. I, 
I, I ha- well, I didn't. I wasn't driving when CDs were a thing. Uh-huh. By the time I was driving, it was all MP3s, baby. Wow. Um, yeah. But and you're five years old. I am five years <laughs> wow, old. You look great. Thank she's, you. So I'm very, very mature. Yeah, you actually. look like an adult woman. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just let me know. Um, no, I had CDs. I would take out CDs and I would read lyrics as I was listening to songs. Yeah. Because I found that that was the way that I connected with music the most. Yeah. Um, and I took liner notes and I would turn them into art. In oh, my... you would draw on them? No, no, no. I would... Um... Would you cut them up? No, no, no. I did this cool thing where um, I had a desk in my room. Why? Like, I'm not doing fucking work as like a 14. <laughs> Who knows why I needed a desk? Honestly, so many so many desks. But so I, many had a, I had a, a rolly chair, similar to one I'm sitting in now, and I had hardwood floors, and my father did not want me to scratch up the hardwood floors with my rolly chair, so he put a piece of like plastic yeah yeah and underneath the plastic i put all of my um, oh. all of my album covers so it looked oh, really cool. cool i was very into decorating my room uh-huh. it's yeah. how i express myself just as a all team. like uh ym magazine covers no <laughs> i was into i was into punk rock music so oh, i had dope. like the misfits and like descendants and rancid and green day yeah Blink-182, mm-hmm. which then is more pop-punk, but whatever. That's hey, look, I'm not going to pull your card on your own show. But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I mean, come on. But what Link? about... <laughs> actually, maybe Illmatic. I, I, I'm going to be like, no, 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 actually, I was wrong. It's Illmatic would be the album that strikes me as okay. Golden Age. All right. I didn't oh, even really? give That's answer. Nas's first album, and it's. Uh, it, I feel like it weds like what came before with, with what's, like, coming, what's next. coming next. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, sorry. Final answer. No, is Miles, there a specific to you? Is there a, well? Is there a specific thing uh, in that album that just is like fuck? This is brilliant. Probably uh, New York State of Mind. Yep. The first. Uh, the first full song. Um, was that because it reminded you of Billy Joel and your roots? <laughs> exactly. Ah. It's okay. Uh, okay. It was very relatable. There we go. I get it. It's just <laughs> relentless. It's like <laughs> breathless. Like I don't know. It, there's just the energy is so uh, awesome. I don't know. I, I love that song. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. I'm gonna yeah. have to check out all. Of, I'm gonna listen We're to, to make this a podcast playlist. And, uh, make a playlist. We have to make a playlist. I don't know many if any of these songs yeah so. well i mean if you want we can just make a playlist of songs that use billy joel samples yeah you know please I mean? do they do that oh yeah That's pete, pete rock and seal smooth really? they, yeah just the way you are they sampled that oh uh, i'm gonna love that yeah the stranger was sampled by snoop in exhibit Really? Oh, really? Yeah. You guys. Uh, samples. <laughs> That's the fun of like that era, though, is because it required musical fluency or knowledge of other genres mm. to be able to to then incorporate into hip hop. And I think that's to me is why I really like it is you can use an obscure Japanese jazz album and like that end up being an amazing sample on like a gangster yeah. New York song. Yeah. Right. But I think yeah, I think honestly, New York State of Mind is one song I really do think about. Is like that's sort of the like sort of the midpoint or like yeah, like you say. It, it feels like it honors everything that was before it and then foretells what could come later-ish. But mm-hmm. I think anything really produced by uh, DJ Premier mm-hmm. really feels like that really embodies it. Or I guess Q-Tip, too. I, I don't know. It's so hard. It's to, a I hard know. question. Yeah, but I, I think I will agree with Jack's assessment that New York State of Mind feels like a good example of that era. Do you feel like it's one that you personally resonated with? Oh yeah, I had it when I had a T-Mobile Sidekick, and like you could buy like ringtones. That was my first yeah. ringtone I bought was New York State of Mind. And people were like, "Dude, this song is from like I guess what it was like 2003 Sidekick, when I had one. 2004, yeah. 2005. Yeah, they're like they're like this is a ten year old song. And I'm like, yo, it slaps though. Um, when you had a Sidekick, did you have the Sidekick for text and the phone for making calls? Because that was a big thing in New York. Oh, having both? People would have their sidekick for texting, and then they would have a flip phone to make calls. I did, because I used to, I had a a janky T-Mobile account that I had a very stripped down, because my mom still paid for my cell phone, but I wanted a sidekick, and she's like, I'm not buying that. So I put my little drug money together. I bought the sidekick, (laughs) and I was able to just pay like, like whatever the bargain basement data plan was for the sidekick, just be like, yeah, watch this. Like when the screen would flip over. Is that the thing? Over. Okay, that's yep. what I was wondering because I had like prepaid cell phones up yeah. to like last year. Amanda there was a drug dealer yeah. up until <laughs> last year. Got it the was track rough. Phone, the track phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do miss the ta- like the tactile sensation of those fun phones. Mm-hmm. Remember when cell phones were in? They were like you'd get a new model from Verizon that would do like these fun things, and you could like whirl it around and open it different ways. Like yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Now they're all just fucking just iPhones. Just a screen. Yeah. Yeah. I miss I miss T nine input, which is the Sony T9, Ericsson one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll just go. I'll leave it Old there. school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh I miss gosh. T9. Bring that back, Sony Ericsson. <laughs> so as somebody who is uh, who has very little knowledge of hip hop, yes. Um, what are some suggestions to uh, introduce myself? Or any of our listeners who don't listen. Our moms. Which are moms. Basically, this is for my mom. If it's for your mom. <laughs> we want to get we want to get her on the bandwagon. I think Midnight Marauders feels That's a good one, like yeah. a good one where there's a lot of hits on there and their lyrics aren't so intense that you're gonna be like, I'm sorry. What were <laughs> they sorry. just describing right there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like the Midnight Marauders might be a good uh good gateway drug into the golden era. No. I mean Wu Tang might be a little too too much yeah, for the moms. A little grimy. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. They're from Staten Island, though, The right? torture Yeah, S-I-N-Y, 103-04. Yep. She's My, from Staten Island. I am. Okay. Are you really? That's, I am. Oh, wow. I am. I wasn't there as long as Jackie was in New York, but I yeah. left, I came back, I did the whole thing. Strong Isle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, <laughs> I've been to, I've been to Staten Island. That's all I know Island. about Wu-Tang. That's it. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> Is that they're from there. <laughs> great contribution. And that's yeah. the only reason I know the zip code. Honestly. S-I-N-Y-103-04. Like one of the only contributions from Staten Island. Really? Honestly. Well, I mean. Oh, you know what? Christina Aguilera was born there. Oh, That was a big thing. I used to be, I used to sing a million years ago, and it was very, not like pop stuff, Anyway, but Thank a lot of Claire, not that <laughs> yeah. garbage. Not any of that shit. I went to Interlochen. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I sang musical theater, um, but everybody when I was a kid was like, you know, Christina Aguilera is from here. <laughs> yeah. She was born there. She didn't spend much time. But if she any. grew up in like Pittsburgh or something, didn't she? I, I think she, I think she was just born there. Yeah, I don't think right. she actually. Yeah. But it was as if she had had been there yeah, yeah. for a while. I mean, Wu-Tang, Christina. Yeah. yeah it's mean, all there. <laughs> w, then You can X. see the influence <laughs> yeah, on there you, so. go. you got it all. Uh, yeah, she grew up in Pittsburgh. I know this because my wife was a, a classically trained violin player and would go to like try and win these mall music competitions and would always get her ass kicked <laughs> by, by Christina, Christina Aguilera <laughs> would like come in and just no. destroy with like this like little like 10 year old girl just like belting it out like right. Mariah Carey she's and everyone's like, like yo she's like I have a Stradivarius violin I'm playing <laughs> yeah. like this little girl's playing th- three octaves above high right. ceiling yeah, yeah. Oh that is such a wonderful specific about your wife's yeah, upbringing yeah. yeah that is incredible yes does she not like Christina Aguilera's music hates her to this day. No, no, she's. I mean, she she doesn't feel one way or the other about her. I think Uh, she feels the same way that most of us feel about Christina Aguilera. Which is what's the general consensus among Christina Aguilera? Do you think? I don't know. She's on The Voice, isn't she? She I, or was. She, she was. Still. She's doing like a no makeup thing right now, and you wouldn't recognize yes. her. Really? You it's wouldn't... almost like she was, when she was wearing makeup, a genie in a bottle, and now oh. she's been released. She, she released. was rubbed the right way. She was rubbed the right way. Finally, it's been years. Yeah. What's uh, funny is I met DJ Premier because of Christina Aguilera. That's, oh, yeah? So, so, oh, yeah. What's that? I, Miles? Tell wow. us this story, please. And also, okay. give some background as to who DJ Premier okay, so is. DJ Premier is a, the, one of the greatest hip-hop producers of all time. And he has a fucking encyclopedic knowledge of jazz music, which is why his songs were so unique. He just knew so much about jazz that he could pull samples that, like, everyone's like, what the? Everyone's kind of using like, the same, like, ten albums, let's say. Mm. Um, and, yes, and he is half of Gangstar with Guru. Uh, and so his most people will know him from Gangstar, but he's also just you know he I'm pretty sure he he produced New York State of Mind yeah, also I think he too. Did, yeah. Um, so he was just like that producer, uh, and he was so at the time I was dating one of Christina Aguilera's friends, dude, and, with the guys. LA stories, <laughs> with the LA stories. You probably never heard yeah, of her, yeah. Britney yeah. Spears, I don't know, Selma Blair. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. At the time, she was recording the album Back to Basics, and DJ Premier was doing a couple songs on there. And at the time, Christina's husband, this guy named Jordan, who's from New York, was like always yeah. having him over at the house. So I would be at the house sometimes, and he was like, yo, DJ Premier is about to come through. And I was like, oh, can we smoke with him? He's like, yeah. So like, I was smoking a blunt, and I fanned so hard on it. I found out uh, so hard, I was like, yo, I got to tell you. He was like, cool, man, cool. Thank you, thank you. And I was like, okay, man, because I was like 21 or something, and I didn't know how to act back then. Um, and yeah, so I was able to meet him there and, uh, he's a very sweet man. 
Uh, and that's, again, my L.A. local trash <laughs> story. That's wonderful, though, that you got to meet your hero and that he was wonderful. Yeah, he was a really dope guy. And he like, I don't know if it was just the context of being like, oh, you're here. So you're probably not like a creep. So I'm going to give you the respect of talking to you as if we have mutual friends. Yeah, you didn't approach him at a bar. No, no, you know? no, no. Uh, but I I be- might as well have spoken to him as if he were at a bar. Like, I, right. could, I did not keep it cool. To this day, I think back on, like, how <laughs> starstruck I was. And yeah. I've never been like that before. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've I've been ridiculous before. In yeah. Front of oh people. yeah. 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 <laughs> like um, crazy. Yeah, but Jack, have you ever met anyone from the golden era of hip hop? I and haven't. No. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Haven't got the chance to fandom. No, no. I just uh, I've yeah, I've fandom a couple times. I'm With I don't golden wanna... era hip hop people. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you met no. Havoc from Mob Deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I had a couple punk rock artists. Oh, okay. Um, there's this one artist who, uh, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Just do it. Yeah. Uh, I ended up, uh, so there's this artist, Frank Turner, who I love, who's a, a punk folk uh, singer. He's not like very popular, but his fans are like insane. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm one of them. And um, a couple years ago, when I was living in uh, when I was living in New York City, I hosted a skiffle at my apartment, which is when uh, basically a dude with a guitar comes to your house and does like an impromptu show. It's like and one it, of my favorite words is skiffle. skiffle. And um, awesome this guy Barry from his band Oxygen Thief, who's on Frank Turner's label, came to do my show. And there were a bunch of people crammed in my three bedroom apartment, fifth floor walk up. It it was so hot. It was the beginning of September, but it was really fun. After it was over, Barry is just chilling with me and a couple other dudes on this on my couch, just post show. And they get a text saying like, "Oh, Fra-. they're all from England. Oh, Frank's in town. They're in Midtown. Do you want to go to the? Do you want to go to his hotel?" I'm like, "Frank." They're like, "Frank Turner." I'm like, "I'll call the Uber." <laughs> I got us an Uber XL, and I fucking we drove up to wherever this hotel was. And I go in, and I had a couple beers at this point throughout the night. I wasn't in this clearest state of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up chilling on this porch, like in this suite with, like, right next to him. And at one point, (laughs) I just imagine how I did this, just super geeky. I just, like, lean over. I touch his arm, and I'm like, hey. (laughs) No, you didn't. I'm a big fan. <laughs> all hushed like that oh, too. Was everybody Jackie, else talking at a normal volume? Talking, we were all <laughs> like, you, we right. were all like, oh hey, and I was trying not to lose my oh, mind, right, right, so right. I whispered so, in his ear lovingly, right. whatever. When I first got to the suite, <laughs> I went to the bathroom and I did a little jig, like literally just yeah. like freaking out, and then I had that moment, which I'm sure wasn't as cool as I, th- I thought it was. I've had a couple moments in New York. I saw Trey Parker and Matt Stone once uh, who were at a uh, speakeasy and I was a total dweeb in front of them. Again, not sober. It was you bad. Do, you <laughs> do good though. Like here's the thing about Jackie. Jackie is the kind of person who will approach somebody right. if she likes them. I, on the other hand, I'm like, no, I gotta respect yeah. them. I no, run the other way. No, yeah. I run the other way. The the <laughs> what literally running the other way. I was on the sidewalk with one of my friends in New York City, and there was this paparazzi, and I was like, I don't want to be here. This feels gross. Mm-hmm. And my friend's like, let's just wait. Let's just wait. Who are they waiting for? Who could it be? And all of a sudden, Paul McCartney pushes all the paparazzi and is walking towards us. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I literally circled around like a dog, being like, what (laughs) direction? Like chasing your own tail. What direction? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could not. I didn't know what to do. And then we were walking. He was behind us. And and my friend's like, Paul McCartney's walking with us. I'm like, I know. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Be cool. We're from Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's what I end up doing. That's it? Did he just go with you guys for a couple no, blocks. Well, he I've did, never heard and this I try to I try to ignore the fact that Paul McCartney was walking behind me, and then I looked behind, and he had magically disappeared. So uh, I don't know where he like went. Like an apparition. Exactly. Yeah, he did great. Like you he know? would. That sounds yeah, like he, classic he, Paul. A poof of smoke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One but, thing I want to talk about in regards to this topic, now that we've veered off course, um, is the kind of mythology and lore that surrounds hip hop. Um, we talked about Biggie and Tupac, and you know. We know they have the infamous feud. And actually, I don't know too much about that. So if you guys could like kind of talk a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. 
<sighs> doesn't have to be big Where in Tupac. Doesn't have to be big in Tupac. It can be anyone. It's, it's a pretty just heavy the lore ass. of hip hop. You mean lore, like the kind of mythology? Because they like, I feel like the age that you guys are talking about, these guys were kind of built up to be just more than. And I want to yeah. kind of dive into that. Coming from nothing. Well, like you know, like with Tupac, like he wasn't really that much of a gangster originally. You know, like. He went to Juilliard, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And like was he's like a very intelligent guy. Uh but the persona I think it's all about the persona that sort of came after that. Mm-hmm. Um and with Big I mean with Biggie, I mean, you know, he was talking about selling crack and stuff. I don't know what are his is does he have real street cred? I don't think Biggie? so. I felt like that was another person too, where he may have like you know, lived elements of that, but it wasn't like like fully like I'm literally at risk all the time because I'm still committing crimes or anything like that. Uh, but I guess, I mean, in terms of their feud, it was uh, it was something that I think their their egos got uh, the best of them and began to explode. And once people started showing up in each other's cities being like, fuck your fucking town and stuff like this, or like, yeah. I had sex with your wife, uh, it, it got, it got <laughs> crazier really and happen? crazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Tupac... On a song, said he had sex with Biggie's wife, but yeah. and oh. it was probably true. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, oh, really? there's photos of him and Faith Evans where you're like, yeah, Ooh. from back in the day. Yeah, um, but but Faith Evans was that his wife or Biggie's was she? Wife. That was her. That they was? were together. Yeah. They were yeah. together. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I didn't know that. That's Biggie was also like 24 when he died too, right? Or like 26 or he something was like young. that. You yeah. guys have computers. This is so smart. This is so. <laughs> well, this we is don't how do Tupac was 25. Biggie was. They're babies. 25 yeah. also yeah. yeah so i didn't realize that they actually like i i thought that their murders were just un, kind of unrelated but biggie did get killed for basically in retaliation for the murder of tupac right uh wow. but it, it wasn't like by suge knight but it was by somebody who suge knight hired who was tupac's basically label boss so, Whoa! Yeah. I um, did not know. That. Yeah. yeah, I just found that out too. I thought it was. I thought that was like always exaggerated, and it turns out it was crazier than I thought. Isn't there a documentary or something like that? Yeah, there's coming a couple. Out there's or... a couple, and then there's a film like with Johnny Depp playing the cop. Why no. is Johnny Depp still getting roles? I... <laughs> yeah. He well, this might have been. Oh, the, this might have been the one that did him in because he beat up. A uh, one of the people on the set of the movie, Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp like started punching this guy. The guy was the location like manager, scout or yeah, something. manager, and he was in charge of basically shutting the production down when they were past like the time limit that they had it booked for. And so he went to the director. He was like, "We've we're kind of running over time here." And the director was like, "You tell Johnny Depp because I'm not going to." And oh so he w- went up and was like, hey, we have to shut it down. Johnny Depp like started punching him in the uh, stomach and like broke the guy's rib. And then as the guy was like leaving, he was like, all right, here's here's $1,000 and you punch me back. <laughs> and it was, but he was apparently drunk for the entire production. Right. So. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Oh, and as I look, yes, Biggie was, he was, he was caught with a few things. He had some weapons charges. He was caught uh, arrested for dealing crack in North Carolina. I mean, oh, yeah. look at him. I mean, and there's, <laughs> I think there's, an, I mean, you. there was clearly an authenticity what what they both did. I think the biggest difference, I know in the initially you were kind of in the pre-interview stuff, you're sort of saying like what between Biggie and Tupac, like who, yeah. are they comparable? I don't think they are because they're very different, ver- like different ends of the spectrum of rap. They like, are. Like Biggie would just destroy Tupac in a freestyle battle. There's yeah. no, there's no question about that. He's the better lyricist. Tupac was a, his energy is the biggest X factor in his rhymes too. Like his like his his lyrics are great too, but I think to me what was infectious about Tupac is like you like you wanted to scream it out loud too. Yeah. And like with Biggie you listen you're like, "Oh shit, the wordplay." Like yeah, you know the like, wordplay. Yeah. There wasn't much wordplay with Tupac. It was just like straight up storytelling, yeah. like just mm-hmm. persona. Yeah, sheer exactly. persona. But I mean, he did what he did like his version of whatever it was that he did like better than I think anybody. Yeah. Cause um, I feel like Tupac kind of would give way to like DMX in that right. way where like DMX yeah. is a straight up energy rapper. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's literally barking at you and screaming. <laughs> um, yes. And like, he's not the most clever wordsmith. Right. Uh, and then, you know, and then Biggie sort of like, you know, gave way to Jay-Z or whatever, but like, you know, also Jay-Z used a lot of Biggie rhymes in his own rhymes mm-hmm. too. 
I want to talk about Jay-Z too because I'm curious what your opinion on Jay-Z is now um, like or where he is or your opinion on Jay-Z in general. Jay-Z is one of my favorite rappers. I he's he should have he should have retired after the Black Album. I would (laughs) have been cool with that. There are other albums though after that are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think there's he's he's still capable of making good albums. Uh, but now I think he's just sort of like like anyone who retires. I, I like you know he's just doing whatever the fuck he's doing and becoming. I think the what's interesting is to see how he views his own wealth and how like wealth management and wealth creation works. Now yeah, yeah, is the biggest thing because a lot of people now the emphasis is just on like flossing, stunting on Instagram or whatever. The bling bling era was huge. Like we're just about massive overt displays of wealth. And now he's more like, I'm investing in art. (laughs) There's a little more longevity in that. Right. Uh, You know, totally. Yeah. I thought 444 was good, but other than that, his post retirement, Magna Carta Holy Grail was garbage. Felt a little Mm, bit like a wizard's era, Jordan. And, you know, <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh. Yikes. I mean, a lot of people were like, what about American Gangster? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, there's there's good albums. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're bad. I just feel like he clearly peaked at the Black Album. Right. Like, that was, boom. That was it. Um, and then after that, there are still moments where he shows how good he is. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you mean? Like, do, like, what do I think about him cheating, cheating on Beyonce? Well, I was going <laughs> to talk a about... that's well, Obviously, yeah, you don't yes. even have to get into that. I think everyone in this room agrees. <laughs> uh, no, I was just curious to see what your thoughts were, uh, because he... When did he start coming out? Like, in 90-something? 96 or... So, 1996 yeah. is reasonable doubt. Yeah. And it's just... I've, I'm by no means a Jay-Z expert. I've never, like, watched him closely or really formed opinions, but it's interesting to see how he's formed. I actually first came across him when I listened to the Grey album, Album, yeah. uh, which is awesome. It's a cult. it's basically taking the black album and the Beatles, the white album, yeah. and putting them together, and it's wonderful. I've been dying to listen to that album since people have been talking about it, and I have yet. Are to you serious? Listen. Oh, Never you listened. Listen. To Yo, it. you know what? Maybe that's a good one for your mom. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. Definitely. The, yeah, because Danger Mouse is just destroys the production on that. And I it, feel like I would dig it real hard. Oh yeah, you know, and then right up my alley. I just saw Jay Z like crop up with like other more uh, popular artists who were coming up in like I guess like the two twenty two thousand seven two thousand eight maybe, yeah. um, and then the whole like Beyonce thing, and now he's like on tour with Beyonce, and I kind of feel like Beyonce overshadows him a bit. Yeah, that's no. okay. I saw the first. <laughs> I think she's still killing on it on the run tour, and there's no comparing when they like switch off like when Beyonce performing, and then like like the Jay Z songs are hits. But he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't create spectacle like Beyonce does. Mm. So it's a different kind of show. Yeah. But they balance it well. I don't know. If that, I'll see the on the run tour. On yeah, the run two back. tour, this year also. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think really that's just more of like a unification of two powerhouses. Yeah. Much. They have yeah. so much money. So <laughs> much. Can you imagine money. having that much money? I would love it. I, I have a feeling right now I would be all about it. I, I think someone, what a bad problem to have. Someone tweeted a photo of Blue Ivy like in a yacht pool, like a yes, pool that I had a yacht. That. And they're like, just remember, Blue Ivy's on a yacht partying right now. You're not. And I'm like, yeah. I never forget that fact. Yeah. <laughs> that Blue Ivy's always partying always on partying. a yacht. He has uh, a tab in his computer that's that photo. He just sighs. It's just that. It. Yeah. It's, his, it's his desktop <laughs> screensaver, actually. And yet Jay-Z is still a harried father on a jet ski being like. Ugh. Yeah, right. Have you seen that picture of oh, him no. just like being like holding on for dear life yeah. and just being like. Ugh. He's not like, clearly it. uncomfortable. Oh, God. Uh, it's great. He has like one of those helmets on that. Like they give you when you first start riding a bike. He has a helmet yeah, on. Yeah, it's adorable. Oh my god! Like when you first start riding a bike, yeah, that's well, like a new big. rider. Or yeah, not that one, but uh, I didn't realize that. Where it's oh no. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> he does look very uncomfortable. And he's got like the rash guard on. <laughs> and a life and a life vest, like a very serious life vest. You gotta have those, but at least he's he's still got the shades on. Jet skiing is dangerous, you guys. You may need a helmet. Oh yeah. No. Remember Sean Kingston? Yeah. Remember he got in a horrible jet ski accident. Yeah. Almost died. Yeah. Oh, Sean Kingston. They're not. They're not the safest of of water um, sports. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I don't think many water sport water sport la, 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 la. water sports mm-hmm. are safe. Most things no, with the no, water no. aren't safe. Very dangerous. That's High right. risk of I drowning. I do synchronized swimming. That's wow. something that you do? Mm-hmm. That's really fancy. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, yeah. That's it's also why fact. you're so lean. Oh, yeah. You should see him go invert in water yeah. and still do leg Graceful. choreography Just above the Legs straight up, yeah. sinking down into the water. His yeah. point, 
<laughs> my toe. Oh, my his toe arch. Point. He is his on arch. Point. Is on point. He's on point. Are oh. you uh, on a team or you do it yourself? Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I have yet to find a partner. Yeah. Uh, so it's just me waiting. You it's know? just you not it's synchronized with anybody. Just me at a public pool, cool. showing oh, off the goods and um, waiting for somebody to come join me. A so. public pool? I thought it was your above ground pool in your backyard. <laughs> it is an above ground public pool. I kick my child out of his kiddie pool. <laughs> right. I'm like, it's time for the adults to do some work. I actually think that an above ground pool is a little more jankety than a kiddie pool. <laughs> like if someone's like, let's go in my pool, and it's like one of those like, like four boy. feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know those blue ones mm-hmm. that you went in as those a kid? blue ones, yeah. You know, that really was my favorite them. thing. My friend had one at his house uh, growing up. Shia. Yeah, no, no, my friend Chris <laughs> uh, in Burbank, and we used to go. We used to run around the doughboy just to create a vortex in the middle. Yeah. And then oh, tell yeah. his like little sister to try and swim. Like she almost died. Like almost <laughs> no, we like, would. You can't get out of here. Yeah, we would do that too. We called it like tornado or something, and yeah. then we would try and reverse it. No, reverse. Yeah. yeah. There's not much else to do in there though. No, so. except walk Marco in Polo. What you talking about? That was like the best thing to do. <laughs> That's the best. I wanted a pool so it's bad just, when I was a kid. Oh my just god. It's so small that it's like Marco, and then you just like reach behind <laughs> yeah. you, like you don't even have to move. You put your arms up. Yeah, right. if you're just in the middle, you're roughly yeah. like have the reach. Arms to link cover from the, the edges. Thing. There was also a game called Colors that we used to play in the pool. Did you guys ever play that? Was it like, no. like blood, yellow Bloods versus Crips? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. Colors. Colors. I forgot how the rules went. Anyway, pool games aside, um, what kind of artists are you guys listening to now? Who are you listening to now? In addition to old school hip hop? In addition you to could, old school hip hop. Yeah, whatever, whatever you're jamming to. Um, I listen to Drake like the rest of the world. Uh, I like Chance a lot, although Chance I haven't listened great. to his new album. Um, I listen to a lot of... Uh, Justin Timberlake and Michael Jackson and Queen and Beatles because we're introducing my two-year-old to music. <gasps> that's so, a good way. That's yeah, a good way to do it. That's that's what we're we're on right now. Uh, we they... just got from like the we sing silly songs to like actual pop music. So uh, I haven't listened to new music in about a year and a half now. Um, <laughs> unfortunately it's, i mean it's still gonna be there You're, yeah you, yeah. you can Luckily. backlog you yeah. know yeah. what i mean the internet yeah um any favorite songs for your two-year-old uh yellow submarine is big oh duh yeah. classic mm-hmm. classic the classic children's song yeah. that yeah. song is weird oh so weird <laughs> it's a little odd it's <laughs> an odd one there's a couple beatles songs that are a little weird right yeah. but like the sort of out of their mind drugginess that they were at when they wrote it just matches right. up with like a two-year-old's brain really well because oh, yeah. he's like submarines are fucking red i'm sure if you put the album like in front you'd be yeah. like uh yeah whatever this is <laughs> yeah, it's a cartoon exactly. yeah. Yeah. two-year-olds are constantly on acid i think yeah, yeah it's kinda, I think that's what yeah. being like two-year-old is right yeah, yeah most likely how about you um it's well it's funny because like in a way this era of is sort of like a guilty pleasure in, insofar as I feel guilt that I'm not as interested in hip hop now. Oh. There's like there's a thing I like not that I've turned my back on it, but like I really hold this era like very near and dear to me. Um, but I also like, you know, like I, I'm not as I, like I'll hear whatever the big hits are. And I and I, and I like and I still like hip hop. But yeah, like in terms of being as fully tapped into like all the new artists like it's hard for me because not everyone sort of has the style i like or people are just like wildly problematic not that this was by any means a non-problematic era jack and i were talking about how like sort of homophobic and crazy misogynistic the lyrics are which is a thing a reckoning i'm not sure hip-hop will ever have have which i I was always curious because Mm. there's a lot like you can cut every album and be like really okay talking like this uh but yeah i i just I think now I listen to things that remind me of that era or like I'm just kind of opening myself to as much new music as possible because right right around the time I got into college or got out of high school is when I was like, okay, I've pretty much listened to every single hip hop song that was ever recorded up until 2002 and now let me just begin opening the door. So I've probably spent those last years just familiarizing myself with pretty much everything else. Yeah. And then I got, as I made music, I, I became more interested in samples so I think of like the songs that I really like and I'm like, oh, well, that's a sample of this. And then I'm like, OK, well, I like this artist now because their samples are used here or whatever. Um, but a band I really like now is Hiatus Coyote. Uh, mm. They're from Australia and they are like just a such a good group of musicians. Yeah. They're fucking amazing. Australia's coming out with some like really great artists yeah. right now. I feel like they're having like you just hear Melbourne a, a ton. Oh, or, yeah. Like, Melbourne? Just, like, yeah. Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. 
But um, yeah, have you heard of Kieran J. Callanan? No. So Kieran J. Callanan. That's who I'm fucking with right oh now. Oh my God. Oh, Kieran J. Callanan. Woo! Yeah. This guy, so he's like an underground dude, but he looks like a, like a parody of himself. He's like a mullet and he's like really not a handsome guy, but like people like Kevin Parker from Tame Impala are like, mm-hmm. yo, this is the guy. Like everyone's like, yo, this is the guy. Like forget our band. Like we fuck with Kieran. And this guy, he's so, there's like a review that was basically saying like, He's a mixture of like genius, uh, like musicianship and appalling taste, <laughs> yeah. and he blends them all seamlessly. Yeah, and I'll I'll show you a video or oh, I'll I'm give excited. you a link to a video where it's like when you see the video, like this is an amazing package as art. Yeah. Uh, but that's like it's just a I don't know I'm I'm digging his whole vibe of just sort of being authentically weird. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What kind of what would you classify the genre as? I don't know. He doesn't. It's all over the place. I mean, there's elements of like synthesizer-y electronic stuff, but yeah. rockish. It's like indie-ish. Yeah. yeah. Synthy. Again, you don't know if it's great musicianship, a t- terrible bad taste, right? You know, like whatever it is. But yeah. or the or if he's like doing a bit, like yeah, mm, yeah. If he's like a parody like of yeah, and he kind of is, but in a way performance that's, art. Yeah, it's like it doesn't feel like oh, you're just doing a character. Like oh, you're kind of imbi- you're sort of living right. this thing. Oh, right. I'm really excited it. to check it out. Yeah. Speaking of, you guys mentioned videos, or you mentioned videos. Um, what are some of your favorite hip-hop videos? Because I feel like videos were, especially like when I was growing up in the 90s, I, and, you know, early 2000s, uh, Puff Daddy was a big thing and all that. Like those those videos videos were were really important. And because there was no social media, like it was, you had to. Dude, pop up video, man. Loved reading those little facts. Oh, yeah. I would listen, I would watch MTV music videos in the morning before getting ready for, sometimes before getting ready for school. I think music videos are freaking great. And they're cool. No big deal. I remember Drop by Farside was like, it's like all filmed backwards. It's like one continuous shot and the whole thing's backwards and like they're dumping water off of themselves and stuff. Oh, that's uh, cool. And that was that was one where like the video was crucial to me loving the song. That's yeah. a Spike Jones video, isn't it? Probably. Shit. I think it's a Spike yeah. Jones video. Oh, Makes wow. sense. Yeah, because he I mean he had fire music videos, Spike yeah. Jones. Um I really like man, like for me what I really think of are like all the Hype Williams directed music videos. So I mean like he did Doing It by L O Cool J and like Warning he did This Is How We Do It. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so many yeah. of, like, really big videos were kind of, like, the Shimmy Shimmy Ya video oh, by Old Dirty great. Bastard. I think he did Mo Money Mo Problems, like, The Rain, the Missy Elliott video. Like, oh. his that, style, that, that exaggerated video. fisheye lens thing yeah. was yeah. sort of Hype Williams thing. That the, video like, was... Skittery... Yeah, mm, that was that actually like opened up my eyes a lot to just like music videos in general. Yeah. And just I was obsessed yeah, with yeah. that song and that video. I love so Missy good. Elliott. Man. Oh, yeah. She's fucking love and that Missy album, Elliott. I'm telling you, Super Duper Fly, if you listen to that thing the whole way through. It's a Classic. it's amazing album. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just know like Socket to Me and The mm-hmm. Rain. And there's so many other great songs because that's early. T- that's like Timb- Timbaland when he was yeah. just bl- like, I mean, he was he was getting bigger and bigger. But like he was really like in a in a zone for that album too, mm-hmm. production wise. Um, Every time an Aaliyah song that was made by Timberland back in the day comes <gasps> on the radio, I'm just like, shh, yeah. shh everybody shut everybody up. Everybody stop. Because like you can't get her music on streaming platforms. I know. Really. You, they, you can't? No. Her, her, We're both very upset. Whoever, yeah. whoever it's runs a Shonda. her. It's a Shonda. Oh, I yeah. love Dalia so Shonda. much. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the Carnival by Wyclef that album. Yeah. Did Did you ever see the Staying Alive video? Oh yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. That video is amazing. Those That's, are. Uh, you, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying those are just that. Man, even the No Scrubs video. That's another mm. hype oh, video that I really liked. That's a great. But that's a great video. Yeah. The man maybe a video that like I really 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 liked. Was maybe the victory video, uh, that from the uh, No Way Out Puff Daddy and the Family album. I love that song. Um, that's like I don't think I ever saw the. That video. That was a huge video. It like cost so much money that yeah. to think of it now, people are like that era is gone. Uh, but like it's like epic Gothamy like New York. Like I think Buster Rhymes on the ledge of a building in the rain, like like cry singing. It's like <laughs> it's wild. That's but awesome. yeah. Um, we are almost running out of time. Um, so I do want to ask about your 
music listening uh, preferences? Like, where do you guys like to listen to music? How do you listen to music um, in your day-to-day lives? Um, now, uh, I just shouted Alexa to play. <laughs> I do that, <laughs> Alexa, too. play uh, Justin Timberlake. You Isn't just it... activated someone's yeah. echo. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. The worst is when she's like, I don't have that. And you're right. like, you're like, supposed to have everything. Yeah, yeah have you ever said, are you fucking kidding me to Alexa? Come on, Alexa. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. You think I'm playing? I, I, I noticed that my tone yeah. was wrong because my son started yelling at her and being like, Alexa! Oh, I was like, like, oh, no. Is that how I talk? <laughs> Play that fucking song. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm on Spotify a lot, and then I'm in like a couple text threads where people will be like, yo, check this out, check that out. That's fun, um, though. Sharing music with friends is the best. Yeah, yeah. And when I was playing in a band, like a lot of the other band members were putting me on to all kinds of different producers and things like that. And you know, surprisingly, too, a lot of Uber drivers have put me on to stuff, too. That, I used to have to Uber around a ton yeah. when I first moved here. Very similar situation. Some, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you'll get a guy who's like, or, or, or woman who has like good taste in music. And I've been like, wait, what? what is this? And they're like, oh, you don't know about this is Raven Linnae, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. But yes, I think Spotify, I mean, my God, that algorithm like, just Dude, has you figured know. the fuck out. They know. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's, my Discover Weekly is almost always on point. Like I always oh, wow. get like five or six songs that I'm like, yep, yeah, I fuck yeah. with this. I fuck heavy with this. It's really good. It's yeah. it's interesting too because like we have I have a I have an echo at home, and my girlfriend listens to this one playlist over and over on Spotify, and she refuses to get her own account, so it's fucking up my algorithms. <laughs> oh no! no so no, like no, no, my no. Discover is like bullshit, and I'm yeah. like, yo, bro, if I have another weird Paramore cover or something, <laughs> it's shit, just like, always <laughs> that those same songs. Yeah, that it's like the same vibe, and I'm like, like clearly sp- these are the only songs you're interested. Yeah, in. and I'm like, yeah. no, but yeah, I think from there and. Um, Twitter is always also a good source, but yeah, I th- I honestly, Spotify, man, yeah. they've... They know. I've been using it since like 2013 or something. Right. Um, so it just knows me. It yeah. knows me so well. Me too, well. yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't know you that well. Well, not Apparently now. Not. There's a way to fuck it up, for sure. Yeah. Like, if you just went home and you're like, play the, like, Summer Grooves album, like, playlist <laughs> on Infinite Loop, uh, yeah, you will be... <laughs> Get a summer of... grooves is the rose. No, there? no, she oh. likes this one called Jazz Vibes that uh, I put her onto because it's more sample based hip hop ish vibes. Like it uh-huh. sounds like like sort of instrumental hip-hop? jazzy hip hop samples, sure, like, but oh. instrumental. So it's like I was like, it feels like we live in the house from Big Little Lies where Reese Witherspoon lived <laughs> with uh, Adam Scott. Oh, they right. were playing fun music well, in that house. But yeah, not like it was that, but it felt like this is the kind of music that would fill out my like ocean view mansion. Yeah. Like it feels, sure. it feels like yuppie relaxation music. Yeah, you've always reminded me of Adam Scott. And Thank Big you so much, That's man. That's the vibe I, really I was that. getting from you. Thank this whole, you. I was this like, whole he podcast. lives next to the I water. was basically begging for you guys to say that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that like so that has basically just inundated my shit with just like piano-y beat stuff and I'm like yeah. I need to know what other stuff because I like you know rock and other stuff too so nice yeah that's awesome guys is there anything else you want to promote besides your awesome podcast um um Aquemini by Outcast. we didn't get to it but uh, that's Aquemini probably my favorite by... album of all time oh yeah it's a great album yeah. and for me uh, Most Def Black on Both Sides uh, is an album that I listened to infinitely when it came out uh, May December is not even a rap track on it but it's one of my favorite songs um uh when is this going to come out? Um, probably Two, in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Two, three weeks, maybe. Yeah. Well, then, you know, buy our merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. go, to the, go listen to the, the Daily nah, Zeitgeist first. We're not getting and money then from that. If you, <laughs> if you like it, check, check out our merch store. Yeah, I guess the pitch I'll give if you've not heard of our, our podcast, we talk about the news every day. Uh, you know, Jack has a background. I think he invented humor. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. America's yeah. only humor website, yeah. uh, crack.com. Um, and I, I have a background in politics, so I bring that along with my comedic sensibilities and we kind of, we've, we, we round the whole circle out the, the yin to the yang. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like it. If you, if you like, if you want to listen to news and actually be informed and then at the end not feel like you Horrible. want to run away forever. Yeah, yeah, sure. I feel like that's the best compliment we get from our listeners is like, you help us navigate this, but not in a, like, we also laugh at some, like maybe nihilistically, yeah. uh, but it helps people, you know, navigate this time we're in. It's much needed. So we appreciate it. It's a yeah. great pod. It's oh, really thank great. you. I appreciate yeah. that. It is a really good pod. I'm going to compliment you too. 
Thank there you. There we go. <laughs> when we do one, and then this one, one, and then fourth. Guys, good thanks. cop, good cop. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yes. exactly. That's actually our vibe. Yeah, that should be yeah. a tagline for something yeah. we there do. There we go. New we'll podcast. You. New we'll podcast, yeah. Good cop, good um, cop. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, guys. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thanks for having us. everyone this is jackie thank you so much for listening to that episode i hope you enjoyed it i just want to remind you that if you enjoyed it and you haven't already left a review on itunes please go ahead and do so amanda and i would love 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 to get your feedback also go ahead and share your own guilty pleasure on your review amanda and i are cooking up some really interesting stuff for season three of guilty pleasure and we need your guilty pleasure suggestions to do it uh so go ahead and leave that review and uh we will see you on the internet. Campfire.